thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 42 That thou hast her, it is not all my grief, and yet it may be said I loved her dearly. That she hath thee is my wailing chief, a loss in love that touches me more nearly. Loving offenders thus, I will excuse ye. Thou dost love her, because thou know'st I love her, and for my sake even so doth she abuse me, suffering my friend for my sake to approve her. If I lose thee, my loss is my love's gain, and losing her my friend hath found that loss. Both find each other, and I lose both twain, and both for my sake lay me on this cross. That was wrong. And both for my sake on me this cross. Lay me, ah! And both for my sake lay on me this cross. But here's the joy. My friend and I are one. Sweet flattery, then she loves but me alone. That was Sonnet 42. Completely flawlessly read out by me, Mark Chatterley. Uh, and and I am joined by... I, I, I'm running out of adjectives. By smiley, happy... Gay in the old sense. I've probably done this introduction introduction before. Dancing, dancing, and knocking his microphone. That's yeah. <laughs> Jerry Hillis. There we go. I, I'm going to have to find a thesaurus for some more adjectives. Is it? Could I just look up adjectives in a thesaurus and then just find every so adjective? Just, just, just yeah, just whatever comes up. It doesn't even. I mean, doesn't need to make sense. No, just, just the spangly adjectives that way. I'm going to the spangly Thierry Hales. Um, that was Sonnet 42. Did I say that? 42? We're on 42. Um, and and I, this one is is about women again. Naughty women coming in between Shakespeare and his lover. It's not good. Well, you say lover, but I, I think we've been sort of on the rock track. You you think so? What, what, what do you yeah. think? Yeah. Thou dost love her because thou knowest I love her. So I'm getting the feeling that there is a woman and a fair youth slept with her mm-hmm. one Shakespeare had a crush on her. Yes. But that, that doesn't account for all of the the love poetry he's written to the fair youth. Maybe? Well, he's still... I mean, it started off the sonnets with him trying to get the youth to sleep with a girl. It did. That's true. So that I think that might so, have so, happened. So I, I have a feeling the the youth finally did sleep with a girl, but it was the girl that Shakespeare wanted, <laughs> or or the narrator in this. Yes, which is odd because it puts Shakespeare in this weird position where he seems to like this woman who the youth has slept with or done something with, which is making him upset at the youth. But he is also still in love with the youth. So he's in kind of he's the bottom of the V of this triangular relationship, I guess. He loves both parties, and and the youth seems to be, or it's suggested the youth is sleeping with the woman or or being with the woman just to spite Shakespeare. It it does it does sound that way. Wait. I mean, the line I just read: "Thou does love her because thou knowest I love her." It does sort of seem. Yeah. And well, I know you have a crush on her, but she obviously wants me, so I'm gonna go for it. 
Yeah, and then and the next lines, and for my sake, even so, doth she abuse me, suffering. And suffering back then was was a a synonym was a, the same word for allow, allowing my friend, for my sake, to approve her. Um. So yeah, she she seems to be. It seems to be a conspiracy, or Shakespeare seems to see it as a conspiracy against him by this woman and the fair youth, that they are both sleeping with each other just to annoy him. Which is very evil. It is, and I don't know, does that thing really happen? Would you sleep with someone just to spite someone else that you had no attraction to? I wouldn't, but I'm certain there are people who are, (laughs) who would. Really? I see, I would like to think I don't know anyone who would do that. But then I do know some people who would there, there sleep are, with anyone are. given the chance. So, you know, maybe. I've come across some fairly vile people in my mm-hmm. life and I'm pretty sure some of them have done that. <laughs> that would be weird. It would be... I, I Yeah, I, I suppose I can see it. I I guess I, I see it so far removed from something I would do. Therefore, I see it hard to picture why someone else would do it. Which is Which is, I guess, the basis for morality the way you see the world if you can't picture yourself doing something then you that that obviously is, is that wrong. becomes wrong yeah which is is and 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 the way that people normalize their own behavior so um all bisexual people think everyone's bisexual uh, uh, there, there's this okay the, the, all bisexual people i need to clarify clarify this <laughs> there is a movement within the bisexual community to suggest that everyone is bisexual, but the people who identify as straight and gay are just identifying with with identities, and they're they're afraid to admit that they like the other half, even if it's just a little bit. But I think that's more to do with you normalise what you see. What's normal for me must be normal for everyone. When that, and that's patently not the case, but a lot of people don't see that. I guess. Which that's, I, I think we had that one before. It's quite interesting that even within. A community such as the bisexuals, there would still be a prejudice <laughs> yes. because you think that they're already the outcasts from the society. You you think that they try to be open rather than coming up with their own prejudices. But I think and, they and... they see it as being open. They see it as being so open that that other people aren't being open. But but telling other people what they are isn't being open. Yeah. And and it's the same thing. I think it's the same thing when you when you meet those wonderful American, you know, we can stop you being gay. When they say, um, oh, you know, God. being yeah. gay is a choice, yeah. which instantly implies that they have chosen to be straight, which makes yeah, them bisexual. Yeah. And and they just have normalized that that they think everyone is like them. That they are everyone is bisexual, but has chosen to be straight. As in these these pray away the gay and because that works. Praying away the gay, obviously, yeah. And and there were they've done they've done studies. If you give gay men electric shocks every time they're exposed to something sexual, uh, they will no, they won't stop being gay, but they will stop being sexually aroused by by gay things. Doesn't make them sexually aroused by straight things. It just it just means it they're just it just screws them up yeah. completely. Just let's let's not use conditional programming on people. It's a bad idea, unless it's. To make people love us, Unless... I mean you and me, just just specifically us. This podcast, <laughs> yes. If, it, if every time you follow and like this podcast, we will give you a chocolate treat. <laughs> Ooh, Thierry has frozen. Ah, oh, there he is. 
But yes, uh, pulling all this back because oh, these little runoffs do tend to spin off from the sonnets is that that Shakespeare is implying that there's m- maliciousness on both the fair youth and this woman's part against him, um, which I think speaks a lot about Shakespeare's character that he can see people sleeping with each other who don't necessarily love each other just to spite him says a lot about that character. I think it's it's quite interesting that. His his main goal still seems to be to forgive the guy, though. <laughs> I mean, it. If I was in that situation, and one of my friends did sleep with a girl that I have a crush on, I would just get rid of the friend. <laughs> I mean, I I would I wouldn't necessarily still chase after the girl, but I would get rid of the friend. Well, friend. But you don't have a because crush that's, that's... on the friend at the same time. And yeah, I think that's I what makes so. it different. And, and and maybe he's just dreaming of a threesome, just maybe. going well. Now that those two have, that's that that opens up the option. I'm I've been left out. That's what he's upset about. The fact that he's been left out. It's quite. I just wanted they, to watch yeah. just through the window. I don't even need to be in the same room. That's that's how Shakespeare talked. It's quite because I would have thought polyamory would have been a fairly new concept. Well, I guess we've always had always had marriages to several people. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. Even in Christianity, and and you know, the whole marriage has been the same forever. It really hasn't. Um, well, even within Christianity today, isn't Mormons aren't they supposed to have several wives? Uh, they technically, according to the, uh, I mean, legally they can't. Legally they can't, but according just... to their religious book, they can. But then, according to the Bible, you can because uh, various kings, Christian kings in the Bible, had many, many wives, and they were married to them all, and and that was defined as marriage. So, so you were you were both married to your wife and your concubine, and there, there's no issue with that in the Bible. So, this whole one man one woman thing is blown out of the water by their own holy book, which is, I think, brilliant. And, and that, that's basically how it works. They they take what they like and yes, live by those rules. And and other things that count as marriage: if a man raped a woman, they were married. Um, if uh, if your brother's wife, if your brother died and he was married, um, you would then be married to your sister-in-law. Sister-in-law. There are various things that that define as marriage in the Bible, which we don't count as marriage anymore. Because, you know, we move forward and we change things to suit the current ideals of, of normality and, and what is acceptable. We don't keep things in static because that would be stupid. We don't we don't send smoke signals anymore. We use mobile phones. <laughs> it would be fairly interesting if we did still send uh, smoke signals. <laughs> it would be quite confusing in cities like London. God, you couldn't see it in cities like London. <laughs> it seems like London screaming. Ah, <laughs> yes, e- exactly that. So, yeah, things change, but yeah. So maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe Shakespeare just felt left out. I think it's more than that. I think, I think he's upset at both the woman, but he's more upset at the at the fair youth who he wants but doesn't want, but wants. It, it is quite interesting though because even at the end the last well the couplet but here's the joy my friend and I are one sweet flattery then she loves but me alone I'm not quite buying that 
that's the, that links back to the old the, the other sonnets we've been reading about how you know my heart lives in you your heart lives in me that that he sees him and the youth as 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 a unit as as one person they they are soulmates i guess is what he sees so but it it still see we had oh what sonnet was that sonnet something 30 30 32 33 yeah with the where he uses the word flatter to uh basically describe a lie yes which was it the, the sweet mountaintops something flatter i have i have seen the sun no, have, have the i seen flatter the mountaintops yeah and so and i'm wondering whether the... flattery here isn't 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 actually an honest flattery it's just Yes, maybe he's saying that she loves but me alone, but he's he is not believing it, and he's not even trying to sell it to us, really. Yeah, I agree with that because it is such an odd line to hit to after this sonnet that that after the sonnet he is focusing on the woman rather than the fair youth seems very odd to me. She she loves me alone, not not he loves me alone or I love him alone. It's he is he's flying in the face of all 41 sonnets before this where he has raised the fair youth up to be his ideal albeit of the wrong gender but he still wants this relationship but in suddenly in this one he wants to be with the woman more than the man i i i think yeah that speaks of insincerity on on shakespeare's part and and maybe a little bit of him trying to get revenge he wants revenge sex with the woman to upset the fair youth <laughs> Was I wonder if that's a concept that they had at the time? Revenge sex, revenge, and sex. whether it's dish best served cold. That's oh, that just makes it sound like necrophilia. <laughs> I wasn't thinking like that. Oh. <laughs> we we this. I feel like this podcast is getting dirtier and dirtier as we go on. Mm. Sorry about that, listeners. Maybe it's a parody. This sonnet. Okay. Because he's, I mean, usually sonnets, I mean, we've touched upon this, sonnets would have been written for a girl. Yes. Whereas this entire series is written for a man. And in this one, he just, I don't know. He just pretends that it's been about this woman all along, which just makes me think maybe he's just making fun of of sonnets in general and of himself a bit. Yeah, that would, yeah. Yeah, I can see that because this one doesn't fit the pattern. I agree. I I think this one seems to stand out. And that usually you would have the woman being this this unattainable chaste being who just the, the, the narrator never actually got with. Yeah. Whereas in this she's just well, I guess today we could call her a slut. She's just sleeping around. Yeah, she's someone that two people have slept with or want to sleep with yeah. and and in the end Shakespeare's confident that that she loves him. It's the the arrogance of it. Yeah, I I can I I can see that reading, and I think that that's I think that's a lovely point to end on. The woman is a slut. <laughs> that's how we. We should we should say that men can be sluts as oh, well. We're not oh, use, we're not using slut as in the uh, no. Well, what, what what traditional sense of <laughs> girls who have sex with anyone are just a slut? No. And and if you want to have sex with lots of people, go ahead. It's your choice. Just just 
be protect safe. yourself. Yeah, be safe yeah. while doing it. Exactly. But but do it's your own body. Go nuts. Go nuts. Whatever your parents told you. If you want a tattoo of a giant cockatoo across your stomach, get it. It doesn't matter. It's your body. Go wild. I'm not sure that's good advice to give out, but fair <laughs> enough. It will hurt over the stomach. A tattoo of a cockatoo will hurt. Not not because it's a tattoo of a cockatoo, just because it's a tattoo on the stomach. It will hurt. Isn't it the closer it is to the heart, the more it hurts? <laughs> no. <laughs> Who told you that? I can't remember. I might much. have read that somewhere. Uh, soft, soft, fleshy skin hurts quite a lot. Soft fleshy and skin, yeah. and going over where you've essentially got skin over bone hurts a bit. So you you want a nice sort of muscle. I guess that makes sense. Area, yeah. The pain receptors have nothing to do with how close you are to the heart. Because if that were true, giving someone an electric shock would really hurt. I guess, yeah. That's maybe that's why they come back to life. Just to go, ah, you, ah! It's just all the pain. All the pain. Maybe you've cracked it. Oh, you sound down now. I didn't mean to laugh at your ignorance. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll hide away while you read. I'll hide behind my I can be stupid for once. I'm always the smart one. You are, yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I'm going to hide behind my microphone while you read. I'll just, I'll, I'll just yeah. <laughs> I, I just, just don't do that. I can't concentrate. <laughs> Oh, that's quite a good look for me, though. Well, this is a really bad visual part of the podcast that no one can see except for us. But it's good. It's good. I'm very funny. I look a bit like I'll a... just I'll, I'll just hold my hand over that part of the screen. I look like a bit like an owl with a mechanical face. Anyway, I can't... I'm not doing it now. I'm no, it's, just, it's the it's the same sort of. I I cannot laugh. We had that one last time. <laughs> we did, yeah, yeah. You corpsing on camera. Not good. Sonnet 42. That thou hast her is not all my grief, and yet it may be said I loved her dearly. That she hath thee is of my wailing chief, a loss in love that touches me more nearly. Loving offenders, thus I will excuse thee. Thou dost love her, because thou knowst I love her, and for my sake, even though doth she abuse me, suffering my friend for my sake to approve her. If I lose thee, my loss is my love's gain, and losing her, my friend hath found thy loss. Both find each other, and I lose both twain, and both for my sake lay me on, lay on me this cross. That does try me to the meaning. I think I read that as... Lay me on this cross before. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, it, they're, they're giving him the cross to bear. Yeah. Uh, I actually quite like that line now. <laughs> <laughs> it helps when you read it properly. Uh, yeah, true. And both for my sake lay on me this cross. But here's the joy. My friend and I are one. Sweet flattery. Then she loves but me alone. Excellent. That was Sonnet 42 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. We're, we're getting through them at a hefty pace. I've been Mark Chatterley, and you can follow me on Twitter at Nufkin, and I've been joined as always by... Thierry Healers, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls. Awesome. And we shall see you again next time for 43. Goodbye! Bye. You've been listening to Shakespeare Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to 
www.inearentertainment.com.